Welcome to the second episode of Phoenix Rising with Gallagher Psychology. This episode is called Comfort Zones. Hi, it's Patricia Gallagher, Clinical Director of Gallagher Psychology in Melbourne, Australia. A few weeks ago, I debuted the episode of, or the debut episode of Phoenix Rising with Gallagher Psychology, and I spoke about stories. I shared with you both my personal and professional stories, and I have a not-so-secret secret. Over the course of three days in Brisbane, Australia, a few weeks ago, I processed and clarified a mission I've had for quite some time now in terms of what has been brewing in the back of my mind. And that is to honour my late mother's legacy, which is to create a mental health national action campaign. And in now putting that out there in the community and worldwide, where you might be listening, which I did mention briefly in the last episode, it's no mean feat. So I've decided to call the campaign hashtag walk the talk. More on that very soon. So for now, I wanted to talk a bit about comfort zones and how we might step outside them. Comfort zones exist because we like to feel safe and secure. Feeling safe and secure is a way of protecting ourselves from danger. It's part of the human condition, really, where we are risk adverse and we'll do anything to avoid fear, danger or threats. Our fear centre of the brain and the nervous system is called the amygdala and the sympathetic nervous system, which is activated whenever there's some sort of danger or some sort of, well, I guess, real or perceived danger or threat. So in other words, our brains and bodies can't differentiate between what's what. And we can either go into a flight mode, which is where we might flee or avoid. We might fight and where anger arises. Or we may freeze and shut down and get into a disconnection or even a depression type of reaction. So comfort zones and sticking to safety and comfort feel safe. But when comfort zones keep us in a holding pattern, they're keeping us stuck. They no longer have a healthy or necessary purpose. They feel safe, but in reality, they aren't. And in reality, they don't really work. And when I say they feel safe, they're limiting us. So they feel safe because it was kind of like being kept in a bubble. So what are comfort zones? Well, comfort zones can look like staying in a job which you don't like, a relationship that is no longer serving you a healthy purpose, staying in a house that's no longer aligned with your values, a friendship or certain friendship groups which either you've outgrown or don't particularly add value or help you nourish or grow, or even other types of work or types of relationships that you might think of or have as examples. Now, comfort zones aren't easy to step out of, but if they're creating boredom, stagnation, fear, and yeah, it's a catch-22 because we feel like they keep us safe, but actually it's only maintaining anxiety and fear. So it's a bit of an irony 
disconnection and or the same old, same old, kind of like a hamster wheel. There's no chance to grow. A normal part of the human condition is that we don't always like change. Sitting with discomfort and the unknown is really hard to do and it's so normal to not want to step outside what is safe and familiar because it's what's kept us, it somehow worked in the past, so we stick to those patterns. Stepping outside the comfort zone is both terrifying and freeing. Stepping outside the day-to-day grind and the routines allow us to get that big picture vision. Stepping outside the comfort zone is where the magic lies. It's where we can tap into new territory, new ground in discovering potential that you may have thought you didn't have. Or it can just allow us to see clearly because often when we're stuck in that bubble or in that comfort zone, we're not seeing things for we're not seeing the forest of the we're seeing the forest of the trees. Things just look the same. So it doesn't give us a it gives us the same vision, if you like. We don't allow ourselves to see the wider landscape or the periphery of what might be happening or opportunities that could be there for us that we don't take or we're fearful of taking. So staying inside the comfort zone usually means we stick with what's familiar. But actually, knowing can it maintain anxiety is that paradox. But it can actually breed resentment and jealousy, especially if we're staying in a fear-based scarcity mindset. We might be seeing others grow, but we might have some internal jealousy or resentment, you know, in terms of a job promotion or someone that stepped outside their comfort zone to do lots of exciting things, but that might mean that it's like, okay, how come we're not doing that or I'm doing that? So that's what might be happening in terms of the inner dialogue if we're staying inside the comfort zone. Staying inside the comfort zone can feel really restrictive, really limiting, like we're boxing ourselves in or I guess even creating a sense of feeling trapped or it can even create a sense of keeping ourselves small. It's like go back in your box, just stay in whatever's familiar. That could be some of the internal dialogue that what what happens when we stay inside our comfort zones. So that's what I mean in terms of resentment. There can be a bit of an inner critic that continues to breed or brood, if you like. Stepping outside the comfort zone is scary but liberating. The more we step outside the comfort zone the more the confidence grows it's a bit like exposure therapy the more we do things the less scary they get and the more we get a chance to flourish grow soar and thrive the more we can step outside the comfort zones the more opportunities we get the more we can say yes to ourselves because often we we miss those opportunities or often that imposter syndrome enables us to stay small not take these opportunities that may enable us to grow and and really develop ourselves. Did you know that staying inside our comfort zone keeps us so small? It doesn't really do anything with confidence or build our resilience levels. It often just maintains anxiety and the same patterns. So in the last episode, I spoke about stories so what stories are holding you back? What, what's keeping you small? What's keeping you in your comfort zone? What does that comfort zone look like for you? How would you define your own comfort zone? What stories are holding you back from trying new things? 
Learn to step outside your comfort zone step by step. Sometimes when we try to go outside our comfort zone too quickly, it can backfire and it may not work. So sometimes these things have to be step by step in order for them to, I guess, in order for our confidence to grow bit by bit. Because if we're trying to go in the deep end too hard too soon, it can often lead to a fear of failure or that kind of failure story coming back or, you know, going too far but without having A, B, Z, D, E. So we're going straight from to Z. That might not work. To this day, I have to check in with my own stories actually like I mentioned last episode and challenge any pesky imposter syndrome or self-limiting stories that rear its head at times. So a few weeks ago I went to a work retreat in Brisbane Australia over the past five days where I worked on my practice and personal development. There was a moment in time where for me some of those old stories that I mentioned last episode reappeared So thankfully, colleagues, friends and one of my mentors, as well as, I guess, my own self-compassion voice and my own realistic voice of reason, was able to shift this. Going outside our comfort zone is a way of stretching ourselves and expanding ourselves. So learn to ask yourself, what is interfering with your way of going forward with either objects, people, activities? and habits, relationships, what steps are you willing to take to get closer to where that magic happens? Notice the key word here, willingness. The willingness means we need to accept uncomfortable emotions as they come along because that is part of the norm in going outside our comfort zone and really sitting with that but not acting on it or ruminating or dwelling on those things it's just being able to allow, enable ourselves to sit with those feelings because that's part of the course. What steps are you willing to action in the next day, in the next week, in the next month, in the next two months? It doesn't matter what your time frame is. It can be whatever works for you. Next six months, next 12 months, as long as it's, I guess, if you've got a commitment and a, and a willingness to do those things, it might help if you write them down and keeping yourself accountable. And there is a difference between keeping yourself accountable and having an inner critic voice. So keeping ourselves accountable basically means, okay, I'm going to break through these excuses and do the thing anyway versus the inner critic is berate where we might berate ourselves for not following through. And next episode, I'll certainly be talking a bit more about the inner critic and about self-compassion. So keep an eye out for that. Learn to get a clear vision of what that bigger picture is for you. We can do this by identifying what our values are, what our mission is, what are our purposes. When we have purpose and mission, that can often be the anchor. Or in a way, it's kind of like a natural antidepressant in terms of something that is tangible, something that is just going to ground us each time. Life can always throw these curveballs, but okay, what can we do in terms of anchoring ourselves back into our mission, plugging ourselves back into our goals and our our purpose as well? 
or many purposes. If a big purpose is too hard for you, what are the many purposes that you can act, have for yourself? Maybe the best to be written down or having somewhere that as a daily reminder or a regular reminder for yourself. Learn to take a step back and approach getting outside your comfort zone step by step, bit by bit, with self-compassion and kindness and keeping yourself accountable. Until next time, I'll speak to you next week. Bye for now.